I always find it interesting as St. Peter wrote to us in our, um, in our, our second reading today, he said, for the Lord, one day is like a thousand years and thousand, a thousand years is like a day. And I don't know about you, but it felt like, um, I don't know if it was just me, but like, I was like, felt like last Sunday was like three years ago. I never had that experience in life. And um, as, as we're just like getting to the end of things, there's one thing for you to maybe work on as you just get ready for going home for Christmas break is to just take some time to, to, to acknowledge how much you've grown. You know, sometimes we, we just forget to, to, to look back. I mean, if you journal, like look through your journal, take time to reflect, take time to thank the Lord. Um, because some of you have been changing. I was with somebody today and it's clear which focused missionary they've been spending a lot of time with because they started talking just like that focused missionary. And I'm like, is so-and-so discipling you? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, you've done the same thing he does like eight times in the past minute. This is very interesting, but you know, I think something we, we don't even realize who we surround ourselves with affects who we become. And that's why it's so important um, as we, we journey. We have a plan when we go home. Like you're looking at, you know, who should I be hanging around with or who should I have firmer boundaries with? Um, who is actually going to help me do what we heard in today's first reading from Isaiah? Um, just the Lord comes to us and he says, comfort. Comfort my people. And maybe you're being called to comfort someone or um, you just need someone to, to comfort you. And it's just interesting because as we get to the end of the year so often, I just think a lot of us, we are just like extremely hard on ourselves. Like we hear that, that the, the, the word that's used for God is he's tender in Isaiah today. It means he, he's gentle, he's strong as all get out, don't get me wrong. The question is like, why are we so hard on ourselves? Why do we sometimes set these expectations for ourselves or, tr- or we, 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 we're so kind to others, but then we're just like so just stinking hard on ourselves? I would argue it's because there's something in us that the Lord hasn't redeemed yet. Last week, we started a series, two-part series on like experiencing and encountering God the Father. And there's such an invitation for us to, to look at like what in my life has not been redeemed? We look at the word last week, goel, which again is somebody who is tasked in a family that if someone is kidnapped or if someone is murdered to go avenge the kidnapper or to go avenge the murderer. So that your goel and my goel is, is God the Father. He's, he wants us back. He wants to avenge Satan. He wants to avenge him and he wants you back to be in his family. And so often when we've been kidnapped, so to speak, we've been just struggling with certain sins that make us so hard on ourselves and make us think that, that that's for everyone else, but not for me. Like God doesn't know me by name. He doesn't care about me. And like when we have that kind of going through our head, there's some area in our life where he has not redeemed us. He has not been our goel yet. And all of us have one area or another where we do things we just wish we didn't do. But when we take time to like really reflect on how you have grown or how I have grown, there's just an, an instant, instantaneous, I think the heart just leaps and it just says, I have to thank you, God. I have so much I have to, I have to be grateful for. This week, the, the word I want to look at instead of Goel, we looked at Goel last week. The word I want to look at this week is expiated. It says that God has expiated our sins. 
And again, as I said last week, sometimes a church we're so good at looking at words that nobody understands. Like if someone came up to you and said, oh, you read the Bible, like what's the definition of the word expiated? Like how many of us would just be like so ready to raise our hands and say, I know what expiated means. The word expiate means to completely wipe out, to completely blot out, to completely erase. To completely wipe out, blot out, and erase. And that's what God does for, for your sins and my sins. Because he wants to comfort us. He wants to show us how tender he is. And what he wants to do is in any area of your life or my life that we are struggling right now, is sometimes it feels like a mountain. Isaiah said today, he wants to lower that mountain for you. Sometimes it feels like it's a valley too deep. It's just too far. It's too dark down there. Don't go down there, God. He said, I'll raise it for you. For some of us, it's like the road is so windy. And he says, I will, I will straighten that path for you. Or it's just, it's just too uneven. Like things are just so broken. They're so choppy. There's no way it can be redeemed. And, and my sins have done some of that. There's no way you can expiate that, God. But he says he will. And what he wants to do for a lot of us is, is he just wants to pick us up and he wants to bring us into his arms. We heard the end of Isaiah today. And he wants to show you how patient he is. St. Peter just did a beautiful job of that. And then why is God so patient? He's patient because he wants you forever. Like, have you ever taken time just to reflect on how patient God has been with you? And then what he asks you to do is to be, be patient with others. Now, I mentioned the question tonight. You know, what, what are you most afraid of failing at in life? And I was, a person I was sharing with, I was sharing experience with when I was able to go to France in seminary um, with my classmates, about 40 of us were able to go for free, which is awesome. Um, we had to pray for somebody's conversion. That was kind of the kind of the um, thing to go. So we did, but I was able to go to Normandy in France. I don't know if you've heard of Normandy, but that's where the Allies landed in World War II. And I remember just kind of sitting from the perspective of the Germans and imagining all our U.S. troops just coming to shore and as the gate would come down, like they were just sitting ducks. They were just sitting ducks. And I was sitting in the area where all the machine guns would have been from, from, the, from the Nazis and... Uh, I was reflecting, like, Lord, is, is this all going to be worth it? Like, will my life be a complete f- failure if I'm only a priest for, like, a day? Because I'm thinking if I was a soldier, put all this work in, first day uh, to go to battle, they just get pegged off. And I, just, I just brought that to prayer. I brought that to my spiritual director. And, and obviously, I know it's not true. But as, as you grow, your, your understanding of what is failure and what is not failure changes. My whole job as a priest is to help you all know who you are. Like, to know your identity. That's like literally my job, to know your identity in Christ Jesus as a beloved son or a beloved daughter. To know that no matter what your grades are, you're still God's beloved daughter. You're still God's beloved son. No matter how many people you disciple or how many Bible studies you hold, that doesn't change that you're God's beloved son or his beloved daughter. The many, how many people you, you, you meet at Seek, if you go on to Seek, or how many people you go on mission trip with and you've been, been just grinding to get people to commit to something, you're still God's beloved son or beloved daughter. You want to hear how many A's you get, B's or C's, 
You're still God's beloved son or beloved daughter. And, and when you get to, to know that, like that's, that's one thing that was so impressed upon me in seminaries, just like to experience God's love as father through the sacrifice of Jesus by an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. What happens is there's just relief. Like you can breathe. I'm knowing I don't have to compete. I don't have to earn. I don't have to strive the way the world does. Because I don't know about you, but like just seeing the way the world's going, it just looks so exhausting. Always being concerned about other people and their opinions. Always being concerned about whether I get an A or not. Always being concerned about do I have the right look or enough money. Like it's so stinking exhausting. And some of us were like literally just kind of functioning on fumes. And the Lord wants to come to us and he's saying, what's the mountain in your life? What valley just feels like it's too low for you? What road is just so windy, it's so confusing to you, or is like you, you have no hope that God could redeem that, he could be your goel, or you have certain sins, you're like, there's no way you could expiate that. Like, what is it? Like, my biggest fear of failing at something is, is, is failing you all to know your identity as a beloved son or beloved daughter. And I fail at it all the time. But the beautiful thing is, we already have a Savior and what he purchased for you and I on the cross was your identity. And the Holy Spirit helps us like, know what that's like. St. Paul says, you have not received a spirit of slavery, but you received receive a spirit of adoption in which we cry out, Abba, Father, just knowing that God is your daddy. <laughs> and when you are healed and redeemed and your sins are expiated, there's nothing like it. Just to see the Father look at you and delighten you. See the Father say to you, I love you. I love you. I love you. And that's how he comforts us. He pulls us in his arms. And he pulls us tight. And we get to hear his heartbeat always say, I love you. I love you. I love you. So the last thing I just want to share with you tonight, as last week I encouraged you, the last thing was to, to make it a goal to go to confession before you leave this semester. Tonight I, I want to read to you a prayer that was written by uh, a woman who just entered religious life. She just started the process of becoming a religious sister. Um, so if you want to, you can, but you don't have to. If you want to close your eyes, you're more, more than welcome to. Sometimes it just helps us pray. But this is what the Father wants to say to each of you. through him being your Goel, through him expiating your sins. You are loved. You are lovable. You are desired. You capture my heart. You don't need to be perfect. You can trust me. You are not a burden. You are a gift. You are beautiful. You are worthy of my love and peace. You are safe with me. You are not your wounds and sins. You are forgiven.
You are not alone. I am always with you. You don't need to figure things out all on your own. You delight my heart. You are seen by me. Your voice is sweet to my ears. Your heart is a resting place I seek. You are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter. And I love you. So Heavenly Father, I ask that you just wrap every person here in your arms right now. Even if they want to run away, help them know that they are safe with you. That through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, by his resurrection, our sins are forgiven. And I ask that you send forth your Holy Spirit in a powerful way like you never have before upon each person here. And help them know that when they were baptized, they received a spirit of adoption. So now they can cry out, Abba, Father. And as you came to the prodigal son, Heavenly Father, just as soon as he just looked at you, you ran to him. So please come run to us and heal us from all of those places we go to that don't allow us to receive your love and remain in your love and share your love. Come Holy Spirit.